This isn't just beer. This is beer longing. Every month we're talking about beer, beer culture, our adventures and discussing the topics that are reverberating around the beer community. This is Belonging. I'm Steve and as always I'm joined by my co-hosts Mark and Rob. Good evening gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. How are we doing on this fine, warm, sticky summer's evening? I think you've just described it perfectly to be honest. I'm <laughs> feeling warm and sticky. I'm, I'm sure that's uh, an image that the that's listeners now have in their head of, yeah. of the three of us just sitting. Well, here. talking of images, we we had one before we started recording. <laughs> We've made Steve get dressed before we start recording. <laughs> too distracting. We want to put a good show out, but when Steve was just there with his absolute rig, there's just no chance of uh, a sensible show. Well, now I am dressed. Let's let's carry on with the show let's and let's it. let's get straight into the first part of the show. From the shells, from the shells, from the shells. And, and this is where we each send each other a beer to, to enjoy at the beginning of the show. So I'm going to uh, invite Rob to, to, to go first, actually, because I, I don't know what you've got this month, Rob, because Mark sent yours, didn't he? Well, this is good timing, actually, because um, we just heard that First Class Ale are um, stopping operations, sadly, and Mark has sent me their American Brown, a hoppy multi-brown ale. And I think that is the, the first beer of theirs that i ever had and it was a good first beer of theirs to have and there's not enough uh, brown ales around i'm sure we'll all agree so I'm, I'm very pleased to have this in my glass and yeah that is just as delicious as i remember well i, I think <clears throat> i'm a, a massive fan of first class and i was really I, I think out of all the closures we've heard of happening whether it was this year or previous years this is probably the been the most sad that i've been about one but their absolute devi- defining beer is their Amer- American Brown Ale. Mm. Um, people w- within, I mean, they're a Stockport-based brewery. People within Stockport, the Greater Manchester area, no thirst class for their American Brown. And I think it's always good when a brewery has a defining beer in that. And I needed to make sure that somebody ha- on this podcast had had this before it disappeared for good. So it just Much happened to be Rob's month this month. And I thought he'll appreciate a really good American brown. And I just oh, think yeah. it's super. It's hella, hella malty. They're really a showcase in the roasted malt, aren't they? In this. And I'm very sad that I won't be able to get this exact beer again. I have to be honest. Though. All right. Don't make it too oh. depressing, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been sent this month, Steve? I, I've got a I've got a beer from a brewery I've never heard of, which which is always nice. So this is from um, this is from Rob, and it's New Invention Brewery. Who I'm assuming Rob are they are they quite close to you? They are, yeah. So they're in Blockswich, which is a part of Warsaw. They're actually a brewery that probably confused people in my attention. Um, is actually an area in the next town to Blockswich. It's like part of Willingall. So people always wonder why the brewery is in Blockswich. But it kind of, I think the um, the head brewer, Carol, um, Polish guy, very good brewer, very talented dude. 
so he lives in that area. But then new invention, it works, doesn't it? Because they're coming up with new ideas for beers all the time. So that beer I sent you is quite a sensible one because they do loads of crazy ice cream and uh, like fruit, fruity sours and that kind of beers. So I, I was glad to find just a sensible one because they do just do normal styles pretty damn well. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, it's so it's West Coast Pale Ale, uh, four point five percent, brewed with Citra Cascade and Cascade Cryo. It's a it's a wonderful color. It's kind of that dark amber Ooh, color. Yeah. Ooh, um, yeah. Looks like looks like Sierra Nevada. So if if people want a reference point of what it looks like, um, it tastes like and this this isn't a slight on it in any way, shape or form, but it tastes like craft beer in twenty twelve. <laughs> it's it's fresh, Ooh. It's zingy. You can you can taste you can taste the hops. You can taste that the malt's doing its work. It's just it's a really refreshing little beer. I'm um, I'm quite thrilled with this, Rob. Thank you very much. They um that they, they had a, they made a, a West Coast IPA just called Pacific IPA, and that's kind of that but supercharged. And I just kept begging them to just make that beer again. So I wish I could have sent you that one. But yeah, no, I'm glad you enjoy it. Oh, really tasty. Thank thank you very much, Rob. Appreciate it. Mark, what has Steve sent you? Uh, I'd almost say somewhat surprisingly when I opened it through the 17 layers of <laughs> bubble wrap that I don't, I don't know if uh, my punishment for last month was Steve sending me <laughs> the <laughs> most ridiculously wrapped beer. We, it started off as a, a bit of a joke in the look. I was sat in the garden going, Oh, this is funny. Oh, Steve. Uh, and then by the end, I was like, For fuck's sake, there was so much wrapping. Anyway, you, so, you're just lucky I didn't tape every layer. I mean, even, even my partner was just like, What's going on? I was like, I don't know. I'm sure there's a bear in the middle. And then at the middle, somewhat, I, I would say somewhat surprisingly, which is why I'm interested to know what. Um, why, why Steve went for this, and th- I don't think this is a gotcha moment, by the way. But he's gone for the Northern Monk and Boundary uh, collaboration, ten-year anniversary of Northern Monk beer, Brethren, which is a five-point-six percent Belgian pale, which is bringing together two of the long-term breweries, uh, brewers at Northern Monk, not, not the originals, but the two two people that have both brewed at Northern Monk in their 10-year history. And I have to say, I, I, I uh, blasted this in the freezer before the show just because I'd forgotten to put it in the fridge, which I was worried about. But when it came out, it had that thing. And I'm definitely not going to use Belgian here because I almost compared it to Hot from Weiss, which is obviously quite German, but the, the kind of like estery thing going on that... that against this bitterness and almost banana-y thing, which I really, really liked. And as it's warmed in like the 10, 15 minutes since, it tastes really lagery since then. So actually when it was freezer, freezer cold, it was this beautiful hoppy Belgian pale. And now it's a a little bit like drinking a a, a flat cause. So um, (laughs) I think, I don't think freezer... Um, chilling it was the right idea. I, I think uh, you might have killed it in the freezer. I think yeah. I might have done that. I'm afraid. But uh, <laughs> what, what was what was the reason anyway, Steve? Because um, assuming that you had this beer and thought, "Ooh, 
Well, well, I saw I saw it for sale, so I I ordered um I ordered ordered a few of them, so I, I've I've had a couple of them, and and I'd have to say I, I I was a little bit disappointed, possibly um that it wasn't overly Belgiany. Um, I, I get what you're saying. Those those esters, that bananary bubble gum was was right there at the at the beginning of it. But then I think for for me, very similar comparison to yours. Not that it became almost lagery, but it it just became like a bitter parallel and and almost those Belgianistic qualities just just kind of died <laughs> right off. <laughs> loving it, loving it. Keep it going. Uh, yeah, that, they just kind of died off towards the end, and it, it just mm. became this 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 bitter toppy pal. Uh, yeah, no, I can see this. So, so basically, we both we both lost something. Somewhere between it just being sat in the glass, regardless of the way it's been chilled, it tastes a very good cold. But as it's warmed in the glass, it's sort of lost lost a little something. Yeah, um, I, I, I think so. And, I, and I, but then equally, I I don't know whether it's maybe one of these beers that just needed a little bit more time before drinking it to let the kind of Belgian yeasts go to work and do their job a little bit more to to, to bring through more of those those flavors that you would expect. But I, you, you that's know, a good so. point actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it. For, by the way, it's not uning, unenjoyable. This isn't a, a a dud by any stretch of the imagination. I was really loving it when it was ice cold. So yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it to and report back. After the ne- next segment, I think. Yeah, I just and also my reasoning behind it was I just wanted to send something that was, um, I suppose, just a little bit different. So something we've not we've not done before in terms of a a Belgian pal by a UK brewery. Um, and I saw it and I thought, oh, I, I, I think I think Mark might enjoy that. So, oh, I, I do like that kind of style. There's not not enough. I, I don't I don't I don't know if it's derided a little bit, but it's the kind of thing. Belgian and German pails always work well for me. Simple things do a really good German pail, which just doesn't seem to be a style that people... It just doesn't even sound like a style in itself, but it's such a good beer that, um, yeah, I'd love to see more of those kind of things. So, great choice, and I'll report back in a few minutes. Okay, well, why you're letting... The beer go to work, <laughs> so, so so to speak. Let's have a little look back at what we've been up to. Adventures. Mark, seeing as you were chatting anyway, do, do you want to just continue t- talking um, <laughs> about what you've been up to this month or any standout beers? Yeah, I've um, <clears throat> not drunk loads at home, so in terms of standout beers and not or, or, or the 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 best beers of this month were the same ones from last month Corvallis I, I can't stop thinking about it anyway Corvallis well, yeah. yeah we 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 need we need to talk about that <laughs> I, we really yeah. do two months in a row yeah. <laughs> I am I gave my dad a can of that for Father's Day actually we don't like we don't normally do Father's Day because he doesn't like that much fuss I don't think but I I, I just went round and just handed him that and said present for you this is my favorite beer i've drank this year so i do need to uh catch up with him and see how he's got on with that oh that's I, such a disappointing end to that story find out next month <laughs> i i went i went straight out and bought a can of, of it after after recording um last month and i i thoroughly enjoyed it 
Um, and then when when I tweeted about it, Mark, and I think you mentioned this in in a post that you did about it. Apparently, we all missed the fact that the the homage was to Sierra Nevada's torpedo. <laughs> torpedo, and even though there's a torpedo on the freaking cam. <laughs> Honestly, with with elusive beers, because I'm not a gamer, certainly not like old school games. Most of their beers just go over the top of my head to the point where I don't really pay attention and just think this is really nice. Whereas other people probably find them a lot more exciting from that um, nostalgia point of view. So I didn't even think about anything. But yeah, we really should have picked up on that, shouldn't we? Extra IPA, torpedo. I didn't realise the word Corvallis was is something Oregon-based, which I've already completely forgotten about. And even though I looked it up, and gosh, we could press pause and look it up now, but that's not what this <laughs> podcast is about. So. <laughs> <laughs> I will just I will just say though that just to echo Rob's sentiments of last month and yours as well, what a beer! <laughs> what a how, beer! How good was <laughs> was that beer? Honestly, should we move on to the next segment of the show? <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 we just leave that a little bit of silence for everyone just to sit back and marveling just how great Corvallis was. Just think about Corvallis. Uh, no, so yes, this month what did I, do? I I went into Manchester a few times, which I think people think I do a lot, but I actually don't. Um, and one of them was I, I went to Track Brewery both times. Uh, one time I went with a friend of mine who doesn't go to a lot of beery places, but really enjoyed everywhere we went, which included Squawks, New Pelican Bar, which. Steve certainly been to because it was where Beatnik's old bar was, which was on the Crimble Crawl in Manchester a few years ago. I mean, it's exactly the same apart from the bit behind. The, I mean, it, obviously they've done a, a tiny few decor changes, especially to the beer board behind the bar. But you know, it's exactly the same. But it's Squawk, and that's nice and fun. And there was some kind of half duration tap takeover there which was interesting to observe uh i went to runaway brewery's new tap room in stockport for the first time and that's an excellent little space um I'd, I'd, again i i, I think i'm a bit over going to tap rooms sometimes i can't get excited by them when people like uh, when runaway announced it, it's just like we're moving to stockport outside of the city center we've got a new tap room and then the pictures of it were just you know, a brick wall square room with long tables in it. I, th- I couldn't bring myself to get excited about it. But then you go and you think, yeah, this is a fun, exciting space. I'm enjoying this. And, oh, by the way, Runaway's beers are absolutely superb, including the Smoke Porter on Draft, which Steve will obviously remember from the fact that he had his Runaway smoked beer in the Hopinging show, the Smoke Beer Special. Uh, many oh, years yeah, ago, yeah, one, of course one, you one remember. Of, of course one of the highlights, one of, of the absolute remember. highlights of all those shows, mate, was that that beer in particular. One thing I would like to say about this month, and I, I might, it might come up later on, so I don't know how much to talk about it. Is that one of the reasons I went into Manchester was to watch the FA Cup final in a pub in the centre of the Northern Quarter, and I can't remember the last time I went to watch football in quite a rowdy environment and I had such a good time and I just forget that that aspect of pubs and I think it's been a bit lost and even my mate that was there with turned around and said to me 
I don't think I've done this since like 2015. And I thought, but we're always in football watching pubs, but we're not anymore. And it's really been lost. And yeah, I was drinking Magdry and I was drinking Guinness. And one of those was much better than the other. And they were the, the options. But it was such a good time. It was raucous, but in a good way. It was, I, I fed on this fantastic pub environment watching. Luckily, I didn't care about either of the teams because obviously it was Manchester City and Manchester United but it's in the centre of Manchester and I've, I've not I've, I've not felt that I used to watch football in pubs so much more sporting pubs used to be a much bigger thing but because people have all got Sky Sports or they've got them illegal dongle things whatever that just give them access to all the things anyway I don't know I've just not experienced that for so long and that was such a great pub experience and I've just not had it for so long and sporting pubs is brilliant you know the ashes is on at the minute I don't give a shit about the ashes but as a sporting event but part of me wants to go to the pub to watch it and feel that energy around other people because it's an incredible thing so I haven't been to the pub to watch sport for a long time either and it is there is a real rush excitement, isn't there? Like whether you're supporting... Well, to be fair, it is probably better, even if you don't really mind who who wins, because it's a lot less stressful that way. Well, exactly. I could just sit there and just soak in the atmosphere, so mm-hmm. maybe it was a bit better. But at the same time, you know, my friend who was... I was there with friends who were fans of Manchester United who lost the game, and they still had an absolutely brilliant day, much better than them just sat in the front room watching it with a couple of cans on their own or, you know, with, with, with the kids or the cats or whoever they had around them, you know, they, they, they had a, they had a good day because they were out with friends anyway. And I thought I, I just, that just doesn't happen enough anymore. I don't think. And it's such a, a, a part of pubs that's um, derided a lot, but it's w- one of the things they're absolutely brilliant at doing anyway. <laughs> What have you been up to, Rob? Um, I, I I was lucky to actually go out last night, otherwise I would have had nothing to say. But a, a friend of the show, Miles Lambert, he was down from from Newcastle. So uh, when I met up with him, we went to the uh, the Wellington, which you guys both know. Went there for a couple of points, then we popped next door to the uh, the new Bundo Bust in Birmingham, and Miles had never been before, so we ordered far too much food. A uh, couple of beers in there. I had a really nice time, and it, it, I really do like what they've done with the place compared, like the venue that it was before. It was all black and trying to look fancy, but it's vibrant. It's bright. The food is delicious. There's a great choice of beer, but and and yeah, we just had a really nice time, and then we went back next door to the Wellington for another couple of points before. Uh, Miles had to go back to his hotel because he had work the next day. So well, I was yeah, going to say, when you, when you said you didn't do anything, I thought, I'm sure you went to the Bundabust opening, which has happened since we last recorded. Oh, I thought that I'd talked about that on the last show. Maybe I didn't. Yeah, I did that as well. 
Have I got that? <laughs> I've, I've got that right, haven't I, Steve? Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. He's he's never spoken about it. Oh, no, yeah, he's, the, the, he's so big time now. He doesn't need to talk about these. Things. This, oh, this, this, no. this happened after the last because when you went, I thought, oh, at least Rob will have something fun to talk about next show. I can't wait to hear about it. And you've forgotten yourself. Well, you know what? That that was another really nice night where I went with my <laughs> mate Nick, who I don't see that often anymore because he's got he's got a little girl and he works uh, night shift sometimes. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've just been all about Bundo Bus Birmingham this month. Since I've obviously been really busy, have you have you been up to much, Steve? Uh, not really. No, no. Other, other than the standard um, going into two brews and forgetting to eat and then having absolute carnage <laughs> on the way home. Why? <laughs> Why do you just keep doing this? The, there are food options around. There, there are food options. So, so here's what happened, yeah? We, we went in. <laughs> On on it was late on a Friday afternoon. Our, our our plan was to try and get in before kind of the Friday rush, the the, the five six pm rush. So we, we we got in fairly early. We we're like we'll have a few drinks. We'll in and out, and we'll go home. We'll have something to eat. Um, we had a few drinks, and a few drinks turned into a few more. And then then we looked at the bus time, and was like, oh well, the next bus is in in, in forty five minutes. So we've got time for another couple. Oh, now anybody of any sane mind at that point would have gone. Let's go and get something to eat before the next bus. Now we decided to have more beers and and then to not eat at all. So yeah. Uh, so other than that, um, it's it's basically just just a few beers. I, I, I want to mention this this month really. The one at the top of the list yep, we've already spoke about called Vallis. Um, absolutely incredible beer. Um, I also had the uh, elusive Oakham collab. Nimrod. Oh, I've not had it yet. Cool. Oh, which is the uh the, the mashing up of Oregon Trout and Citra. And I'd say uh, it's perfectly demonstrates both beers. So mm-hmm. I, I think Oakham Citra has a very, very distinctive taste. Uh it's 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 very sharp, it's very cutting like that citrusy citroness um that comes through, and, and you get that in, in Nimrod. But then you kind of get the finish of Oregon Trail, so it's it's the best of both worlds. And I've just noticed today that that's due to be on Elusive's Bar Amity Fest as, oh, as well. So oh. I'm, I'm very excited to try it on draft. Uh, the other the other couple of beers I want to mention: um, Burnt Mill, Get the Jade, which was a West Coast IPA purely with Nelson Sovin hops, which was an absolute in- incredible beer. It was just um, really dry, kind of had that really kind of, you, you know, when Nelson Sovin absolutely shines and it does have very similar similar characteristics to white wine. Yeah. All of that was coming through. There was a dankness on it. And again, just excellent brewing from Burnt Mill. And, and then the last one, and I do just want to mention this um, because we spoke about it on the show last month in terms of its clothes, I, I, I guess. And that's Kellam Island's Power Rider. So, so, so that that came through in, in in the Thornbridge box this month, and I tried that, and I've got to say it was a cracking cracking beer, but I remember Pal Rider being a lot darker in in color. This was so light; it was almost the lightness of Jaipur, and and I always thought the Kellam Island Pal Rider was more of that ambery color, and and I think there were some maybe slight changes in taste so i don't know whether thornbridge have tweaked the recipe a little bit or sharpened it up or whatever either way it's still a really tasty beer and i still don't like the branding but i enjoy what's inside the bottle now you're 100 right because i 
got my two bottles through my Thornbridge box this month. And I wasn't that excited because I was never a big fan of Pale Rider. It, you know, it was a nice beer and I, I, I appreciated the institution of it, but I didn't love it. Um, and I drank both bottles back to back within about half an hour because it was absolutely delicious. But it was not anything like I remember Keller, my own Pale Rider, be. And part of me just thought, Maybe it was just always this good, and I was just in a bad mood when I wherever I drank it. I thought, no, this doesn't taste anything like Kellum Ride. I just, I didn't particularly, I wasn't that fond of it, and it had a very Thornbridge House yeast thing in the background, yeah. which I don't think used to be there. And as I say, I just demolished it very, very quickly. It was so nice, but it's it's not. It'd be interesting what the There'll be, you know, purest fans of Kellum, Kellum Island about, and I'll be interested to see what they think because I, I don't care because I think it's a much better beer, but I'm sure they do. No. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it, it wasn't just me that that you kind of backed that up a little bit there. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's definitely changed. Um, but you know, I think as we, as we said last month, if if the alternative was to never have this beer again and it disappear completely, then you you know what? I'll, I'll I'll take the new branding and I'll I'll take the slightly different flavor and color and I'll happily enjoy it in the future. Oh yeah, I mean, it, obviously it's fine for me because I really enjoyed this iteration of it. Just <laughs> other people might not as well. I wonder if those changes have been very recent because I don't remember finding it to be any different when they first like had it on cask at the Colmore when Formbridge had first brewed it. So maybe they have literally just cleaned it up a bit with the new branding. I mean, that's that, that's a wrap-up of of our last month. Hope, hopefully in this next month, we will all get up to something a little bit more exciting to, to feed back on, on on the next show. And I'll remember to eat when I go out, hopefully, <laughs> as, as as well. Mark, we, we, we said we'd come back to the, the Brethren. It, it's had a little bit more time in the glass. Has anything changed there for you? I think some of the S's have come back in, so it's it's lost. It's, it's no longer that weird lager thing I was getting on, but it's still a bit of a, yeah, just a, a bit of a flat Belgian pale, but it's, I mean, it's really drinkable, so I've, I've, I've no complaints about it. It's just, it's lot, it's gone very up and, up and down within the temperature-wise. I think I just wanted a bit more from it. I, I think I think that's that's my summing up of it. It's a decent beer, but I just wanted a little bit more from it. Yeah, agreed. All right then, so let's get into our next round of beers this evening. Now, I'm mine's going to take a while to get into, so okay. Well, let me talk for a bit. Well, I've got um. So recently, Green King released uh. Old Master Hen, which is wow, I've not seen that at all. Basically, it's their version of Fuller's Vintage Owl. So, um, it comes in this lovely little box. I, I, and I, I'm, I will say that I bought this from, from Waitrose. Um, I, I am, I am so excited about this. I've never seen this before. Okay. So, check the packaging on this. So, th- th- this is the first level of the box. There's a sleeve that slides <laughs> off of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> And then within this, it, it it doesn't then just open. It it kind of uh it it folds out oh. in into all of these into like this little tells a little story. Um, and I can only assume that all this packaging 
that that's around it is because they've bought it in a fucking clear glass bottle. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say the beer inside's <laughs> gonna be the beer inside's gonna be utter the shit, guys. But yeah, can you but, look at the um, packaging. Well, oh, at least it's had less light on it than yeah. usual because well, it's got should, two lines, had no two, light on that two lines of thing. cardboard. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's so it's um, old master hen. It's it's seven percent. This is the twenty twenty three release, so it's obviously something that they intend to do every year. And I, I'm going to put myself out there right now to say that what I'm expecting this to taste like is basically a clone of Fuller's Vintage Owl because I think that's probably what they've gone for. Except they left left it in the sun for a couple of days before they put it in the box. Except it could get awfully skunked if it wasn't I was going to say, that is so optimistic because I'm expecting it to taste like... What's the, like, 6% Bag Your Ales one? Is it Tanglefoot or the stronger one? Yeah, you should love that, man. I was going to say, this is what I'm expecting. So, Steve's optimism is much higher than mine but you know okay so it's bottle conditioned as well for for that for whatever that's worth but I, I bought two bottles of it because optimistically i thought if i put one bottle away it might get better in a year's time um but we'll we'll see won't we so well anyway while i'm pouring this uh rob what what are you drinking and, and we can come back to me once i've actually got it in the glass yeah i am um, i've got a, a lovely bottle here of the colonel's pale ale chinook uh, 5.5% single hop pale. And if you're a fan of the Chinook hop, you're going to very much enjoy this beer. It's <laughs> all, all that lovely pininess, a little bit of a spice, and it's delicious. And it's in a brown bottle. What an annoyingly sensible choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm, that, oh, here we go. I'm, lo- <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> this um, okay, so aroma-wise... Uh, it smells like someone farted and then walked away. Uh, <laughs> it's a crop duster pale ale. Yeah. Oh, it's not it's a pale a, ale. It's a Steve special. <laughs> but it, it basically just does smell like uh, old speckled hen. Oh, I mean, this is exactly how I predicted it. But... You're going to have to come back to me on, on this because... Um, uh, yeah, it tastes like old speckled hen, but... Um, there's there's some caramelly notes going on in there and um a few other things. It might still be a little bit cold. Um I've had it out of the fridge for about forty five minutes now. Uh but I, it might just need to warm up a little bit more in the glass. So uh, come come back to me after this wonderful ins- little interlude. Welcome everybody to Route Corner with me, Smokey Johnson, where every month we'll be exploring the wonderful world of smoked beers. Okay, this month we're going to the Netherlands for De Molen Brewery's Hemelen Erd, which I could have featured in the last part of the show because I didn't realise that this was actually bottled in 2017. It is a smoked imperial stout at 10%. It's a heavily peated stout. And Hemel and Air does actually, or Hemel and Ard, I'm not sure which ones, it does actually translate as heaven and earth. So what have we got this month? It's for any of our Patreon listeners um, that heard me talk about the very petered uh, beer we had from Russa Amity. There's very similar characteristics come on. Oh, I mean, it always does with peat. It's really peaty at first, but this has got a much smoother chocolate and vanilla thing at the end 
which is a bit reminiscent of if if any of you have ever put like a banana on a barbecue at the end of a barbecue when you start throwing desserts and random things on and you get sweet things getting a bit charred and things like that it's, it's very much got that kind of characteristic to it what this heavy peat flavor going on but i can't believe this is six years old but i will say that the best before day is the 13th of december 2042 so i've maybe been a bit premature going for this got a while to go yet then that yeah one. um but i can't remember if i've featured a really heavily peated beer in route corner but pete belongs in the smoked world as much as anything this is an absolutely fantastic beer thank you for joining us and we'll see you next month I'm going to come back to my beer a little bit later on because I, I think it's going to be a bit of a sipper and I'm hoping it's going to um, start to develop some flavours that I actually enjoy. It's never enjoy. going to be good, Steve. Some, it's it's, going, it's to be, going to start to develop some flavours. I, I, I know it's never going to be good. It's, it, it was never going to be a, <laughs> a hold a candle to Fuller's Vintage Ale, was it? Let's, let's be honest. But anyway, while I'm drinking that, let's get into the meat of this month's podcast. Reverberation. 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 It's reverberation. And this is where we obviously chat about something that's been bouncing around our timelines this month. Now, what we've tried to do here is to merge a few things that we think all come under the same sort of heading, but we don't really know what that heading is other than it's maybe a change in the approach yeah. of some breweries and the way that they're approaching uh, making and distributing beer. So the, the three things that have fueled this month's discussion are firstly, the news that anchor in um, from San Francisco are no longer going to be distributing their beers outside of California. And that includes to the UK. And along with that announcement was the fact that they're going to stop producing their iconic Christmas owl as, as well. We've also lumped into this uh, the recent rebranding and re-ABVing of some Brew York core beers, particularly their cask beers. And then also we're going to throw in here uh, the reduction in ABVs that we're seeing uh, across some beers as new tax brackets are, are beginning to be introduced. So there's a few things that we've thrown into this and, and we're hoping it's going to come out in some sort of informed discussion or at least our thoughts in terms of, of these three things. So there's your introduction, chaps. Away you go. <laughs> well, let, let, we might as well start at Anchor because... Yep. I think that's where I'll start for this month. And we thought, is it, what more can we really add to say to it? The insane disappointment of losing Anchor as, as something that, I mean, beers that used to be available once upon a time in Tesco. Yeah, the, yeah. Steam uh, Beer. Steam yeah. Beer. Which you um, could also say really did start the craft beer revolution in the States. Fritz Maytag and St Steam Beer. It's like it, 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 if if you hadn't that, had that, you never would have had Brooklyn Lager or Sam Adams. Yeah, absolutely huge beer, iconic beers. Just I mean, shape of bottles, as much as design of the labels. Foghorn and the barley wine, such an important beer for, for me and my 
progression as uh, a beer enthusiast, as it were. And Christmas sales, I mean, in some ways, it, it, they've made a smart decision to announce it in summer when we're all roasting hot and we're not feeling the impact as much because it's a genuine British tra- tradition now for us all to have a bottle of Anchor Christmas Ale as much as it is having that first, pulling that first Christmas cracker, having that um, first pigs in blanket, whatever it is, having, even having a mulled wine. We all have an Anchor Christmas Ale and hunt one down. We're often on draft as well in this country, but um, I've had them on New Year's Eve. I've been in just places near to in what is currently my hometown has a craft beer bar where we spent um new year's eve where on new year's eve they'll open a 750 mil bottles of anchor christmas 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 ale and uh happy new year by the way as it was actually um and to and pour them out on the bar for people to enjoy it's a tradition that we have lost so it's not just we're not going to enjoy these beers we've actually lost a full-on tradition there yeah i mean in terms of them deciding to only distribute in california it kind of makes sense when you read that 70 percent of their output was going to california anyway but it it just it's the end of an era isn't it absolutely and i think um Mark, I think Rob, you might be citing from the same piece that Mark suggested that we 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 read, which was Bivana, that was 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 talking about the, the the stopping of the distribution in the states, in in terms of things like market share and actually looking at the big picture, in in terms of it it does seem as though that that craft beer is in a slight decline. In, in the States at, at the moment, or at least it's plateaued for now. And obviously it's it's probably um, right to say at this point that Anchor's owned by Sapporo, um, yeah. who have actually made this decision on their behalf, that, mm-hmm. that, that they actually feel like they're going to lose money by distributing the beer outside of California. So why would they bother bother doing it? Because they're putting it into a market that's already very oversaturated. There's a lot going on. And actually, it's a market that may very well be in decline. I, I think, as as you, you pointed out there, you know, from the UK's point of view, Anchor Steam Out, absolutely iconic. Yeah, you used to be able to buy it in Tesco. It was readily available. You, you've always been able to buy the, the, the Christmas owl over here. Um, and, and to think actually that pretty much the only place in the world you're going to be able to get that beer now is in California, and unless you pay an absolute premium for it, it's it's quite sad really when you think about it. It it is, but uh, yeah, going if we're going to go from the business ang- angle of it, it makes absolutely perfect sense. Of course it does. I mean, yeah. can, can, you know, can you imagine realistically now? Uh, and you know, especially Sapporo is a huge conglomerate. That if when we were buying Anchor Steam in Tesco, I can't remember. Let's say it was two pounds sixty a bottle. It was something around that at the time when we were buying it. Can you imagine buying a bottle of beer? What, what, what's Anchor Steam about five percent um, imported from California mm. oh, no, uh, so. oh. on a shelf in Tesco at a reasonable price? 
the way that <laughs> the way that the economy is now but the way that the economy is now we to, to make it realistically viable they're going to have to talk about like about 5 pound a bottle we're just not going to buy it so unfortunately from a business point of view it makes perfect sense and i really wish that it didn't <laughs> i think it's just breweries changing their approach to 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 things isn't it it's, it's subtle changes to their place in the market and their business and the way that they position themselves. And that's an absolute beautiful segue into the whole Brew York changing their branding as as as, as well. Because we, we saw um in the last couple of weeks Brew York have announced that they've that they're, they're changing um all of their branding, but the first step is uh, a change to their cask beer branding. So um not so much of the cartoony bits on the pump clip uh, a little bit of that but then very very clearly the style of beer is is the big bold thing on the pump clip mm-hmm. uh and then there's uh some brief descriptions un- underneath that and then there's the abv and i think someone picked up on a couple of the beers have, have dropped their abv to 3.4 percent which i think is the new lower tax bracket that, that that's coming in and i think we're probably going to see a whole raft of breweries move move to that as well but i think um brew york also sort of cited sort of the, the blog they put out about it that it was for them they just felt as though it's 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 time for a refresh and, and almost a bit of a coming of age for them as well to start to to, to move away from some of that more cartoony aspect of what yeah. they do I think I think doing it with the cask range as well. You think about perhaps your average average cask drinker. I think it's a very smart rebrand in terms of the fact that even though each beer does have a name, all the emphasis is on the style. Like yeah. I noticed in the, in the Wellington yesterday, they had the um, the Fennec on the blonde beer, and like I didn't even notice that it was Brew York because I was just looking at the big word in blonde and it's miles who pointed out that it was the the fennec but for like the sort of drinker that that is in the wellington you you very much you're just your average uh birkenstock wearing cascale enthusiast um it's it's a very smart rebrand and it's going to attract that sort of person who are much larger in numbers, really, than people who are going to look for the rhubarb Streisand or anything like mm. that. I think I think that's the thing. I mean, Rob's absolutely right, and this is thing that too many of us are guilty of, and we forget, especially if we just go to certain pubs slash bars, is that it's still like it or not is the average drinker, even even the more adventurous average drinker is just. You know, blonde, bitter, stout, whatever it, it, style matters over everything else, and that's what Brew York have um, marketed towards here. It's just, I think it's marketing genius. And yeah. I'm, I normally hate a rebrand or anything like this. But I look at, I mean, Tom Coco, it's, it's it's still a Tonka milk stout, a Tonka milk stout, uh, but they're just marketing now as what it is, which is a four and a half percent milk stout. Not mention. I mean, you know, I think possibly on the small print or whatever, but they're not now hitting you in the face with it's full of fucking Tonka beans. It's just this is a milk stout, and I guarantee more people just like, well, I like milk stout. We'll try it now, or and be more just like inclined to accept it rather than the ones before who just like, but I don't know what the word Tonka means, so I won't go for mm-hmm. it. You know, and the 
the bitter it's not called marisotta sorry what's it it, it was it was called marisotta Oh, was it just called it, it, it is still called Maris Theotta, yeah. Yeah, yeah Ma- Maris Theotta, sorry, yeah. yes. Um, but again, it's a great bitter. So mm. just to just have it on the bar and people just buy, and that's it. And I see it all the time in the pubs that I go to. People just like, well, what's what's the bitter that you've got on? That's what they will ask. Mm-hmm. What's the bitter? Well, they don't even need to ask now because you're just like, oh, that one there that says bitter in massive letters on the pump clip, and, the, and, and they'll absolutely go for it. Honestly, it's marketing genius because that is still where the, the a lot of the market is, and like it or not, as with all fancy names and stuff that have come from before, you will still find that there's a huge chunk of people who just walk into pubs and just want to see bitter blonde stout golden ale, or even i even IPA. They'll be happy with that mm. as long they'll at least know what it is. And there's just not there, there isn't enough of that. So, we'll, I think we'll see a lot more breweries going towards this because ultimately they've only brought what the the one new beer to the market um, for these. All they've done is just make this style of beer more prominent on the pump clip of beers that already existed in their core range. It is an example of a, a, again much much like the anchor move. It's a it's a brewery moving with the times a little bit. It's changing to adapt to uh, a new market and as as i said as well they've with the car squares as well a couple of them they've reduced the abv uh because there are these new tax brackets coming in there's new duty coming in uh i think it's it's at the beginning of august is it that this this new um tax bracket comes in only a number and, of weeks away yeah yeah and and recently uh, it's been quite prominent this week as we recalled because i know that um Jaeger Wise was on uh, Good Morning Britain talking about yeah Jaeger Wise yeah yeah some of some of the big uh so, so things like Fosters and, and and that sort of thing they've they've all had a slight reduction in ABV as well haven't they yeah and and that's Jager did an absolute fantastic job of explaining that and how she managed to stay so calm when she was dealing with Richard Madeley who's an absolute moron I will never know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many times does she have to explain that uh, the cost of production is going up, <laughs> and if you still want to drink beer at the same price point, something has to change. Yeah, and the oh. thing that has to change is 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 the alcohol. But he just it wasn't getting it, wasn't he? I think you summed it up perfectly. Yeah, there. She, a moron. She, she explained it perfectly. She just gave stat stat fact fact fact. And then I was like, okay, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. But then if you're Richard Madeley, then uh, what, what, how is this man still on television? I don't understand. The, the clip that I saw, it kind of cut off at a point where um, Jager was just sat there with a look on her face as if to say, why am I doing this? No, nobody's listening to what I'm saying. I'm just sat here trying to explain to you why this is happening. No, I, I, I thought that you did an absolute wonderful job of of just nodding along politely. I think but, she yeah. got to a point where she realised that no matter what she said, they weren't going to listen. Coming coming back to the the point that I was trying to make is obviously we're gonna 
we're starting to see slight adjustments in ABVs of of, of beers, um, and obviously it's it's not just the tax bracket. It is the fact that the cost of producing beers is going up because you, you know utilities, the cost of that's still going up. Everything's still rising. Malt as well. There's another yeah. thing that Jacob brought up. Yeah, it's so it so it costs more to produce beer as as a consumer. We we shouldn't be sitting back and saying, "Well, I I still expect to say, pay the same price for exactly the same product," because it 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 costs more to make that product now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes without saying. It's just that we're doing we're doing it with absolutely everything. You you almost hate to say it out loud, but you know, so many things have got to give, and God. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to keep beer focused, but straight away, as soon as you said that, I thought about my mortgage, Steve, and as I still yeah. don't know what what's going to happen to it in October. Yeah, so, on the day of recording the 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 news today, yeah, it's uh, it's hard not to just um just go from beer to everything else, just gestures at everything. I, I can't help but puff out my cheeks and just go. I, I'm absolutely with the beer industry, one hundred percent. Yeah. But we've all we've all just got our limitations. What's in our bank account, and we're all feeling it right now. Mm-hmm. There's no aggression or anger towards the beer industry having to increase prices in any way whatsoever. Because I absolutely understand it. We, you know, I, I think most of our day jobs probably include things that just involving increase of prices. I'm telling people every day about price increases of things. And it is so. There's no optimistic way to look about it. I can't. If if a brewery turns around to me and just says we're going to have to put your favourite beer up to six pound a pint tomorrow, which by the way in the north is a lot. <laughs> if that happens, I'll just be like, yeah, I completely understand. But also, I can, that means I can only afford X amount of your beers this month. Everything just knocks is a knockdown thing. So. And, and, and we've seen the flip side of it as well, haven't we? Where where it gets too much, or we stop supporting. And as as you said in in, in the intro, Mark, with your first beer, you know the sad loss of first class owl in in this past month between this show and the last show that we recorded is is just the latest brewery to have have gone. And you, you know we're still seeing a lot of that. We're seeing breweries beginning to consolidate. There's still this ongoing unknown story about brew by numbers and brick and are they still going who are they owned by are they solvent are they insolvent all that sort of thing and and i just think it's it's we're, i think we're still going to see more of that and i feel like we're going back almost six months to when we first started re- recording this podcast we were talking about this then and and here we are, six months on. No, nothing's changed. We're, we're still in the same yeah. position. Yeah. The, 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 this week, a friend of mine is on on holiday in in Poland, and she just posted that she was out. And I think it's quite late in the night, and on a weekday night, um, and she was in a, a busy bar. There's loads of people having a great time, and she's just, why isn't it like this in Birmingham? And I just commented and says, because. <laughs> um, through no fault of my own, I'm a lot poorer than I used to be, and it's just as, as simple as that, unfortunately. And it's cheaper to go out in, in, in Poland, and there's, there's no change. And 
because there's no change and there's no sign of a change, unfortunately, it's just so hard, isn't it, to run run a beer business in in, in any way, shape, or form. I'm very much a use it and lose it, or use it or lose it kind of person. But then, I was a four night a week person in my local, and now I'm a, and now I'm a two night a week person. You know, because. Otherwise, it'd be that and do nothing at the weekend or whatsoever. You know, no, it's just yeah. something's got to give. And I've, I've, you know, like some people like choose to to drink at home because it's cheaper. Whereas me, I very much don't do a lot of that because I just want to make sure I have saved up enough money so I can just go out every now and then. And it's not as often as it used to be, but yeah, I, I want to get out there and. Support places as much as I can but sadly it's just not that much because of the aforementioned reasons Phyllis no. has ended up in quite a <laughs> yeah. somber yeah. place well, it, uh, it, it went to where it was going to naturally go I'm afraid yeah. um, let's not keep banging this, this, this drum I think I think everybody's aware of where we're at right now and uh, there are changes and it, it's great to see, you, you know, let's try and finish this on a positive. So, yeah, it's great to see the likes of Brew York have made some subtle changes, some changes to the ABV, which means they can still dial in a really good quality cask beer, full of flavour, but it's just a little bit less in the ABV because it helps them to produce it at a price point that people are still willing to pay. If you, our listeners, want to add to this discussion, uh, use the hashtag BeerLonging and you might get featured in next month's re-reverberations. We've actually had a couple of speak pipes, chaps. This, this Ooh, month, unbelievable! It's, it's always exciting when yeah. when we get when we get people actually using the speak pipe feature. Uh, let's 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 have a listen to those, and and then we can share our thoughts on them. So first up, uh, this is a message from my ex. I keep trying to get rid of him, but he keeps coming back. <laughs> so here's here's a message from Martin uh, about the last show. Great show, guys. Uh, pretty much fully agree with pretty much everything you said, especially on the entitlement and the parents bit. Um, you know, it is down to us as parents or us as dog owners or whoever we may or may not be responsible for to uh, ensure we carry out that responsibility regardless of where we are. So, yes, completely agree with your thoughts. And, yes, common sense, don't be a dick. Rules to live by in most walks of life. Uh, good, good, to, good to hear from um, Sarah. I've been lucky enough to have a few uh, in-house tastings, which she and Joe have held both virtually and uh, in person now as well. And I've heard very good things about the cruises as well. But basically, just want to say, enjoying the work, keep it all up, and look forward to episode 10. Cheers. Bye. Next up, second speak pipe this month from friend of the show, Sean O'Reilly. Hi there, guys. Sean here. Um, and I've been meaning to send this message to you on your lovely speak pipe since last month's show. Um, and never got around to it. But after being implored by Steve to use the speak pipe. I just couldn't resist any longer. Well, actually I could, because I listened to the show last week. But anyway, um, yeah, while I was listening to the show last month, um, I was actually on the way into school to do some supply teaching. Um, and it was interesting that Greg was talking about not having been taught about handling mental health issues um, as a child. And, and neither was I, and neither, I guess, was, um, most people that listen to the show. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was worth um, mentioning that I got into school that morning 
and um, what was on my timetable to teach for the day, uh, but a lesson all about mental health and how to cope with stress. So it's um, you know good good news that that this is something that is actively being taught to our youngsters nowadays um, in in a lot of primary schools that I know of. Um, so I just thought I would uh, yeah let people know about that. Cheers. Bye. What a fantastic thing to hear because gosh i don't know how to reply because it's so good it's just so promising that these things that i mean they matter so much to me and just didn't exist when we were at school as we talked about oh it's so i'm, I'm just i'm i'm just thrilled i'm just i'm beaming thank you i think i think it's great feedback to to, to follow up from the that that show that we did with greg in in, in terms of you know, we can see there being steps made uh, around mental health, and um, you, you know, the more the more it's out there in the open, and people are comfortable talking about it, uh, the better we'll all be. Thanks to both Martin and Sean for for using the Speak Pipe feature. Uh, if you want to leave us your own message, there is a link to the Speak Pipe in the show notes, and we will st still keep banging on about it until you all start using it on a regular basis. Now, this is where we normally uh, would have an interview with someone, but due to all three of us having really busy schedules uh, or life, uh, as, as you could call it at the moment, we, we just simply didn't get round to, to sorting a guest this month. Uh, we're on quite a tight recording window this month as well. So instead, we thought it'd be uh, a bit of fun to ask you, our listeners, to ask us some questions that we could answer on on this show and and, and discuss and, and and talk through. So we gave you the option to either ask us a question on Twitter. I know both Mark and Rob also put it on Instagram as well. I was a bit shit with that because I still really don't care much for Instagram. Um, and we also gave you the option of using the speak pipe, which again we've got a couple of those coming up. So lots of speak pipe in 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 this episode. <laughs> um, we've got no idea where this conversation is going to go. Uh, but we hope you enjoyed the ride that you're about to go on with, with the three of us. So here goes. You're both ready. So first up from Bob at Bob Kamara. What are your unconscious beer biases? <laughs> Silence. <laughs> it's a good start. Yeah. No, okay. I've no, because I, I thought I'm going to sound like a bit of a douche because I, I get where bob's coming from and people do definitely do have them um and i think it's one of those pe things that a lot of people say no i don't I, you know i don't have, and it's about things i don't i don't know i it's I, the problem with a lot of these questions it's going to be how you interpret it and i'm going to be really annoying about that um just be like oh i've interpreted the question this way but i was thought well you know a lot of people like in it would say un unconscious bias in like the beer world for me would be if you see a pub that advertises sky sports outside you automatically think that it's shit or you know if you, you had a smoked beer and you don't like it you assume that all smoked beers are shit and i actually couldn't and and therefore that's why i'm going to sound like a douche i was like but i didn't re i don't think that i've got any of those in a kind of annoying way and i was trying to think what i might have and all all i could think of was if i ever see a doom bar pump clip i <laughs> assume that it's utter shit 
<laughs> and I assume there's a place in the world where Doombar doesn't taste like shit. For it to be as big as it is, Doombar somewhere... And it did used to, by the way. I actually had Doombar in Cornwall uh, before it was bought out. And mm -hmm. it was not a bad beer. But I assume there's a place in the world still where Doombar doesn't taste like shit. For it to be as big as it is, there's obviously enough people drinking it. But so the only thing I could think of that fit under this category for me was I simply will not drink Doombar ever. And I will always assume that it's going to be shit. But it that's an unconscious bias because it must be good somewhere. It must be. It must taste like Doombar somewhere. I don't really know if that fits. Steve, bring me back to reality. What's what's yours? What 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 am I missing? Uh mine is probably actually quite similar. And I'm just gonna hold this box up again and say <laughs> I avoid drinking Green King beers. Oh, very good, very good. Uh, I really do. I've been to in the last year. I've been to Bury St Edmunds twice, and I've managed to avoid drinking any Green King beers in the place where they're made. I I just I just don't like them. And and this old Master Hen that I'm drinking is a prime example of why I do not like Green King beers because they are just not very good. Um, it's as simple as that. So I do have that unconscious bias. If I walk into a place and see them proudly displaying uh green king ipa in one of its many variants or anything from more moreland or bellhaven or all of the other brands that green king own i generally try to avoid it and very quickly look to see if there's a guinness pump yeah i, thought, I think to be honest i'm very much the same sort of uh same sort of feelings as you two in terms of well doing both for one that does tend to put me off these days. I mean, as soon as they started brewing it in Burton instead of Cornwall, it just wasn't the same beer. So I would be interested to try it again in Cornwall. But anywhere else in the country, that's just like a, nah, what else have they got? Uh, I think perhaps I used to have more unconscious biases because I was like the weird like underage drinker who would only drink cask beer. And like I decided that all lager was bad because of the only lagers I'd had were bad. But whereas... I'm pleased to say in the last few years I've really quite started to enjoy lager because I've just drank good stuff. But yeah, I, th I think we can all afford to um, just um, perhaps not be so snobbish about things and just turn our nose up at, at, at I think, what, I think what Mark a lot, said. I think a lot of people have more than they think, you know, as I say, you know, the, yeah. the, the whole... Skype Sky Sports advertisement means that the pub's automatically shit or as as I say, people that think that smoked beers or sour beers or something is automatically shit and don't give things or I think there are plenty of people who have I, I see it a lot more from like pub drinkers, people who who had a, a cloudy beer from such and such a brewery once will therefore never drink their beers ever again. But I don't think the three of us We'll probably have something that strong because hopefully we're a bit better. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and I think Tries I think some Tries some of these could. I think Rob summed it up. Some of this could come mm -hmm. down to a little bit of snobbery, and and I think I think mm. we, we try not to be like that. Okay, the next question is uh, from Emma, who asks, "What our top three best berry adventures slash places would be?" Um, 
Rob, what's that with you? Um, off the top of my head, so definitely like a a black country crawl is always going to be a good berry adventure for me. Yep. Uh, like from from Bavum's, uh, the vine, the bull and bladder up to the Beacon Hotel. Uh, so that'd be number one. Two, Leeds. Love Leeds. And then three, this is more outlandish, but it's it's got to be Fort Collins, Colorado, because that's just my favourite place in the world. It's not outlandish yet. That's exactly the, what I thought um, would be on your three, to be honest, Rob. Yeah, I've, got, I've got some <laughs> of these written down on like a bingo card. I, I was going to say that's literally, literally yeah. the answer that I thought was coming from Rob. So yeah. outlandish is the... Well, it's more on. outlandish than getting on the bus to Dudley. Yeah, well, I suppose. <laughs> what about yourself, Steve? Uh, yeah, first of all, thanks for the question, Em. I, th- I think she already knows what my answer is going to be. Uh, Bruges, Southwold and Leeds. That they, they, they would be my top three without a doubt. Two votes for Leeds. Yeah. Mark, what about you? Well, I was going to say, because going back to what I said before, I could have boringly interpreted this a thousand ways. I thought I'd just tackle the controversial topic of my favourite beer city slash towns in the UK, of which I went for Edinburgh, Leeds and Sheffield. Mm. So there we have it once again. Scientific evidence that Leeds is the best place okay. to drink All in the UK. Three of us went for it, yeah. which is Absolutely. fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. The next question is from you can call me Al at Hoffmeister. Uh, what is with Mark's obsession with smoked beers? And do either of you have a beer obsession? So let, let's get to Mark first. <laughs> um, what is with Mark's obsession with smoked beers? I think. I think I think like a lot of obsessions, it comes down to defense of the thing makes it you just get a bit um, angsty about it. I don't know, but and and also the scarcity of it. So I suppose the obsession came from defending it a lot because a lot of people think that it's shit. When a lot of people, well, when when you're passionate about something and a lot of people think that it's shit, you're automatically on the defensive all the time. And then also the fact that it was it's so scarce would mean that I, I became a natural evangelist towards we need we need more smoke beers in the world and they just simply don't exist. So I, I suppose that's what made it into. Uh, it would be easy to compare it to like the Taylor Swift obsession if we're going to go down that route, of which I spent a lot of time defending. People would be like, why why do you like? Why? <laughs> Why do you like this thing? And that made me just like, I fucking love her. She's the greatest person ever. What's wrong with you? Which it might not have become if people were just like, all right, okay, that's fine. Like, yeah, that song's pretty cool. And maybe if more people were just like, yeah, okay, I'm not a big fan of smoked beer, but you like it. But the fact that other people be like, it fucking tastes like charcoal. How can you possibly drink it? Is what turned me full on into it's the greatest beer ever and everybody must drink it and I must talk about it more and more. So I think that's where it turned into full on obsession. Whether these guys have one, let's start with Steve. Do you have one? Uh, I don't know whether I've got an obsession. Um, I, I love IPAs, which is fairly standard thing for anybody that enjoys beer, isn't it? Uh, I, I really enjoy certain breweries as as well, I, and I think sometimes that maybe I get stuck in 
some sort of cyclical thing as as well where i'll i'll obsess over a beer for a while and then i'll move on to something else and i'll obsess over that for a while so uh, i don't think it's anything as cut and defined as having a smoked beer obsession mark unfortunately <laughs> what, what about you rob is is there anything that you can put well, a finger on i think for me like i, I love ipas and i love pints of bitter i never shut up about bathams but for me as well it's 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 these beers that i don't get to drink very often it's just right back to fort collins colorado again because at at this stage it is just an idea because i haven't had it since 2019 but it's still just my favorite beer so i think i'm a bit obsessed with that and i can't go a show without mentioning fort collins the thing is i was going to say i'll say it very quickly but um if like west coast ipas that all three of us liked but if that was as scarce as smoked beer was there's a possibility that we would all feel that evangelical about smoked beer about sorry west coast ipa that i do about smoked beer so that's what i mean i think it's that scarcity and that hatred towards it that just turns it into a, a bit of an obsession because you feel like you're suddenly defending something. Whereas, I mean, we were on a podcast where it's like, that West Coast IPA in Fort Collins is really good. It's like, yep, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like so, you, you said about Taylor Swift, like people really hate jazz and I love it. So that, that's the same thing and I will defend it forever. And and don't hate on people for liking something. Absolutely. That's, that, that's all. <laughs> Next question from James. Does a beer demonstrate terroir? I think you can um, ask our good friend Matthew Curtis about that. He seems to have a lot yeah. to say about the subject. I, I, I don't think we need to say any more than that. Just uh, signpost towards Matt's post. Yeah. No strong opinion from me. Uh, go and talk to Matt. I, th- I think James knew what he was doing with that question. It's fine. Of course he did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yeah. But, but well yeah. done, James, for putting a big stick in the pot and stirring it. Simon Gertz, Leeds Beerwolf. Uh, he would like to know how we all pronounce Dale's Pale Ale. Um, if, uh, Rob, just you, you, me, you, if Rob, you'd well, like to go first? I, I think you pronounced it perfectly mark it is no, i mean dale, that's the correct way to pronounce something isn't it dale's pale ale i don't understand what the uh problem is well so certain people might say dale's pale ale no, no they would <laughs> why would they say that that's not how you pronounce oh. words yeah, that's I, just not I, how you pronounce yeah. the english language to be honest mm. rob so of course they won't steve what about you mate Boy, did my microphone cut out then? Oh, I, I mean, I, I should, why are you taking your shirt off again? Dow's Powell, there you go. Dow's Powell, like a there you go. Everyone's everyone's having a good laugh <laughs> over that now. Move on, next no, question. No, do you know why I love this, Steve? Because this exists from a time when I didn't actually listen to the Beer Clock Show. Um, but I in, I was aware of this just from like. Uh, it would pop up my Twitter feed and things. And I don't think, and I might be wrong, you know, me and Simon are good friends, but I've got a feeling he doesn't listen to Beer Longing. Um, but he did listen to the Beer Clock Show, so th- he's somebody that's... You, there's there's uh, a hangover, I suppose, is the best word to use from good, fan, good fans of the original show and stuff who are still remember those sort of inside jokes from seven, eight years ago, who potentially don't listen to our show, 
but it was so important to them. And I, I say I remember it. And do you know what? It really warmed my heart to see that question because I thought <laughs> it, I wasn't even I wasn't even around for that kind of thing. But I still, you know, I'm, it's, it's fun to be part of it. So, do you know, I just wanted to say that it actually warmed my cockles to see that kind of uh, longevity joke still going on. So. Um, as much as it takes the piss out of you, Steve, it was fun. It's fun. It's fun to be part of it. Next question is from uh, Michael McGrawty, and it's what's with the seven basketball emojis? I can't think. talk about that. Yeah, we can't talk about that. There's a uh, complete. Uh... I'll tell you exactly what it's like about Michael. So anyway, <laughs> so when when the time when the time comes, <laughs> you'll you'll know what it's all about, Michael. You 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 absolutely will. In, insert insert clip of Michael Jordan winning the nineteen ninety three some here. some basketball <laughs> reference in here. Yeah, just 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 get Rob to send you a sound clip, Steve, and you shove it in there. It'd be hilarious! It's his game to win. Well, we go to overtime. Barkley twenty footer, yes, Charles Barkley with an MVP jump shot. Uh, okay, let's do some uh, let's do some speak pipe questions then. Oh. So first up, this is from James. I'll do. This is long time listener, first time caller, James, aka Gammon Baron. You've to come to a mutual consensus on this one, but if you could record a show together from a dream location, where would it be? So what's our consensus on this one? I've got I've got a feeling that you're going to think the same as me, Steve, and that would be. In the vicinity of Mark's shed, I I hadn't thought about that, but now that's where I want to do it. I'd, I'd I'd like to know where I'd like to know where Mark thinks he'd like to do it. I don't I don't think the sh- his shed would be at the top of his list. Well, I, I was thinking that he would absolutely be somewhere on the west coast of America. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, that, that makes much say, more sense. Surely, apparently, my shed will do. <laughs> but probably with the fact that we can't no longer get. Um, Anchor over here, probably, probably the anchor tap room. Probably the anchor tap room at Christmas time. Drinking <laughs> Christmas, well, the Christmas is not going to make it anymore. Uh, drinking some foghorn or something. Um, yeah, that would have made more sense to me. But hey, dreams can come true. You can all come to the shed. We can, we can at least make that happen. I think the shed's more realistic, isn't it? It is slightly more realistic at the moment, you okay. know, with, with the economy. Yeah, hope hope that's close enough to a consensus for you, James. Next speak pipe is from a, a chap called Ron Edwards. Hello, this is Ron Edwards, um, long-time listener, first-time speak piper. This is a question for Steve. Um, how has it been getting used to having Mark and Rob as co-hosts as opposed to an organised person like Martin? So I guess this one's very much aimed at me, yeah? Yeah, it is. It was. It was more about. It, us it, it sounded to like it from well. from this mysterious guest. It sounded like it was aimed at you, anyway, Steve. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to use the phrase "herding cats," and we'll just leave it at that. I think. <laughs> Fair enough. I love. I love working with you guys. Sometimes, I, 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 sometimes I, your words hurt. I. 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 I, I think. I that thought you... that that was not. That was polite, Mark. Come on. I yeah. think that it was a it was a steep learning curve for you that you realised that we weren't going to be 
as organised or as easy to control as Martin. What, what do you mean it was <laughs> a steep learning curve? <laughs> uh, no, you, oh, well, fair enough, Steve. It still fucking is. It's, it's not only at the bottom well, of it. I'm complimenting you here, mate. I'm saying you're doing a really good job of appearing chill when you're probably really stressed. Mm. Uh, the, the next question is from Simon, um, Simon Clark, and he, he, the question is, what beer from the past that is no longer available would you like to see rebrewed and why? And I'm happy to jump in first here because I'm again back to Fort Collins because it is the fact that they changed um, that they changed Fat Tire to a different beer and I'm still sad about it even though I haven't drank Fat Tire since 2019. This 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 is a tough one um, because I had to really think back over beers that I've really enjoyed and aren't any longer available and i think i think one of the things that has has become a bit of a theme on 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 the podcast is and i know we've mentioned this a few times is the cloud water dipper series that, that that they did um when they were first developing that style as 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 a beer there's a couple in there that were absolutely cracking um mm. i tried to avoid being really obvious and saying unhuman cannonball in 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 660 mil bottles and and then i go all the way back to the beginning of my my beer journey it was an adnams beer that they produced that was called east green and it was um basically it was it was to celebrate at the time that they had become carbon neutral but it was just a really really tasty uh palau made with english hops and it, it was a beer that really started me on on on, on this journey. So pr- probably that one, if if anything. Well, it's interesting what you guys said because my choice was Three's Company, which oh, good shout, mm. was a Cloudwater Magic Rock JWV's collaboration originally in twenty sixteen, which I think changed IPAs and a lot of the British beer. In the yeah, the, the British beer scene for me at the time, and this this was was what I miss so much about what thing, especially Cloudwater. What Cloudwater were doing at the time is it may it we we were at the point where everyone was making what would now be called West Coast IPAs. New England IPAs weren't really there, and this juicy. IPA middle thing which would now have to have a name and it wasn't like it was not like mountain IPA or whatever people want to call the hybrid it was something in between and that was what the original Cloudwater Dipper versions were as well but Three's Company was the best of the bunch it was this sensational 8.3% IPA like nothing we tasted before and it was a hybrid between a lot of just styles, but it was just its own style in its own right. It didn't need to be called anything. And this is why I get quite annoyed about IPAs needing to be specifically designed, de- defined. People need those things because I don't think, and they did try to recreate in 2019. And to be honest, I don't, I don't, I didn't give it much thought at the time because at the time I was just so annoyed at Cloudwater for everything they were doing. Um, I would love that beer to come back again just to see what it was because i'm convinced that it was something special that i called at the time the british dipper but the connotations there were about like british hops and stuff which it wasn't about and people didn't 
like it. And there's not there, there was a style there. There was something so unique and so gorgeous, and we'll never get it again because people now need it to either be a West Coast or a East Coast or a New England or a mountain or a cold or a whatever. And it can't just be whatever the fuck Freeze Company was, which was just flipping delicious. It can't just be that. It has to be something else. And oh, that's oh, what I'd like to see made again. I love it now when you do see a beer that is literally just called IPA because I don't need all that stuff. But then th- at the same time, like I'll talk to other people about it and they'll just be so annoyed that they're not being told exactly what it is. It's like, where's the excitement gone? Let's bring the excitement back. Well, no, I, I, I sort of agree and disagree at the same time because, you know, when I'm buying beer Boy, online, I will just put, like, West Coast into the search engine and just buy mm. anything that comes up. And that is that is my safeguard. I, th- I suppose it was when it was a lot of bottle shop buying that you had the time to peruse the shelf and just pick it up and just go, oh, whatever. But I don't know, but it's because it didn't really... Ex- I suppose because when this was happening, when Three's Company was happening... New it it wasn't so many New England IPAs, so there wasn't really the risk. It was it was just an IPA of a variety and nobody really cared. Oh, but it was such a special time and it was such a special beer. And I'd I'd love to know if it was as special as I think it was, or whether now I just go, Do you know what? Actually it was just a New England IPA and I just not had one before. It it was a cracking beer, Mark. I can I can go with you on that. Yeah, it was. That would be my choice. So Paul asks, after Steve's recent revelation, I would love to know what Euro Macro Lager Robin Mark would choose. What was this recent revelation? Steve? I've really fallen in love with Peretti recently, um, which is uh, it's brewed by Carlsberg in Wolverhampton. So it's so far away from its Italian heritage that it's uh, laughable. But it's a, just a really tasty, refreshing lager that I've discovered I, I, I enjoy, and it goes really nice with barbecue. And and you can get it in 660 Bombers, like three for a fiver or something ridiculous at the moment. So that that, that was my recent revelation. Uh, what, what what about you guys? What would your uh, version of that be? Well, like it, it, since the question is specific, specifically about like European macro lager, right? Don't really buy it. I suppose the closest to be if you can get like, like Pilsner Urquell, would that count? I it's, it's European. That, that's readily available in supermarkets. That's the sort of thing that sometimes if I just do need a few beers, I'll pick up a four pack of that. Or the same with like uh, Budweiser, Budvar, and then there's like Star of Problem as well. But I'm more likely to buy lots of like Shepherd name, like a 1698 Strong Ale or something like that from the supermarket as opposed to a Euro Macro Lager. What about you, Mark? You're not really a lager man, are you? Yeah, I struggled with it as well because, again, I'm not... Certainly the Euro part of it, I didn't really... Mm. And I've no... I, again, I've nothing against lagers, but... When I was thinking about it, I thought, I still have nothing against it, it's, but I don't think I've ever had Rhinebacker or Perlenbacker <laughs> ever. <laughs> I just don't pick up beer that much in supermarkets, and I certainly don't pick up lager that much, but I would also have absolutely no problem with it. But So the only thing I can think of is, if you give me an ice, ice, freezer cold, cause light, I would down that shit, you know, especially when it turns the mountain blue. 
So it, it might not be Euro, but I will absolutely love it. Ice, ice cold, cause light. So that's all I can think of. Before we go through any more questions, uh, let's just go back over what we've just been drinking and what we're about to drink. I'm just going to make some final comments about this old master hen. And I'm simply going to say that Fuller's Vintage, it is not. And I very much regret the decision to uh, drink this. I, I'm not sure whether it's going to get any better with, with, with age because the one thing it says <laughs> it's, it says it's bottle conditioned, but um, thankfully they've put it in this lovely clear bottle so I can see very clearly as as well. Uh, there's no yeast in in the bottom of this bottle like like there is in the bottom of a Fuller's Vintage. Uh, at the bottom of a, a bottle of Fuller's Vintage, when you pour it, it gets a bit cloudy. It's genuinely shocking. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's actually farcical. I, I, I know it's, uh, and the fact that I fell for that fucking marketing bullshit. <laughs> yeah, more for me. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing Rob, your kernel was very delicious, and Mark, you enjoyed your smoked beer. Yep. <laughs> Let's drink our last beers of the evening, then, uh, chaps. What have you both got? for your final beer. This is the one that we dive into the back of our shelves, back of our cellar, looking for what have we got to, to, to drink this month. I had a nice surprise appear in the post this month, actually. Um, when when Mark sent the beer for the first section of the show, he also noticed that I don't have... I tend to, like, buy beers and then drink them rather than keeping them. So he appears sent me a lovely bottle of um, Wilderness Tear It Down Beer to Garden at 6.3%. And uh, Mark has written me a nice note and everything that says that he, he bought it massively reduced, 70% off, on a recent beer order. Uh, he bought two bottles of it last year in March, so he's not sure how old it is, but 15 months is a bare minimum. And I very much appreciate this from Mark. No worries, mate. No worries. And it's very nice. I don't know a lot about um, the beer de guard style, to be honest. No, I don't either. To be honest, no. I, I was quite happy to just share it because it's a it's, it's a strange it's, style that. I, but I yeah. thought, but I'm not even going to read anything about yeah, it. It's, it's like it's quite malt forward, but it's very like almost herbal, flowery, hop sort of content, and obviously it's it's hella Belgian as well, Belgianistic as you might say. And it suits wilderness. wilderness very well. And they're beautiful mm -hmm. bottles as well, aren't they? I mean... It is a lovely bottle, yeah. These are the sort of bottles that I always keep and I think, oh, I might do something carty with them. And then they're still just in my kitchen for several, several months. Yeah. So, yeah, that can go on the shelf with all the other bottles that I've not done anything with. What have you gone for, Steve? I have got uh, a slight curveball here, maybe. Um, Thornbridge, Days of Creation. All right. So this is their sour red owl that's been aged on uh, red, bur red burgundy barrels with raspberries. This is the 2018 bottling. And uh, according to the label, it actually went out of date last month, which I, I don't think it did. Uh, I think they're quite um, short on their, their, their best before there. Uh, on the nose, it smells absolutely tart. It's... Yeah, it's 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 full on like this 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 is just fucking Haribo Tang Fastics in a glass. It really is. Oh fucking shit! 
<laughs> oh wow, that is a reaction. That is a reaction, ladies and gentlemen. I thought that might have softened. Christ. That's really fucking tart and sour. I mean, that is really, mm. really sour. It's it it's full on raspberries. You get a bit of um you get a bit of Flanders red initially, and then there's a real sour hit. And and then that sour hit just keeps punching punching you and it's oh god it's still there now wow um yeah that's that's uh that's really good i want to say if you like that sort of stuff yeah yeah because i i I mean i always thought that was the more sour out of the three but i never found all three particularly sour and i'm not a big sour beer fan but I suppose it depends what your limitations are. It's like having spicy food, you know. Yeah, so, I mean that's that that's that's big. I mean, uh, some in in the past when I've had when I've had beers, particularly sour beers that have been aged on fruit, it it generally tends to be the longer you leave them, that the the more you lose of the fruit, and and the the less that's the, the thing that's in it. But that is like full on raspberries. And that's just, I, I suppose it's just, it's just like everything Thornbridge do. It's, it's just really well brewed. It's, it's really clean and, and it, it ticks everything that says on the bottle. So, so Mark, what have you got in your glass? I very predictably went for a, I mean, first class was used two fantastic barley wines <clears throat> and I went for one of them. One of them I couldn't find, but it's probably somewhere in the back of my stash. But I went for the, um barley wine mmxx or 2020 one as it were in cans for 140 mil cans um it's not put as an english or an american barley wine it's i mean i think there's some lager malt or something used in it honestly i don't remember it being this good this has aged fantastically i remember having this relatively young probably in 2020 and thinking this is not my i'm I'm a big barley wine fan and i didn't particularly enjoy this this is sensational <laughs> i mean it's heartbreakingly sensational that it's this good knowing that first class are going the way that they are it's got that um almost like gummy bear kind of bite to it that american barley wines have and this lovely but no i was gonna say bitterness there's no bitterness to it but it's just this overall sweetness to it but that's so well rounded and it's so chewy it's absolutely gorgeous and it definitely wasn't like this young so as this is three years old i'm i was gonna say i'm gutted to see they're not having this again this was still available on their website and I've bought another can, at least one can of it, at least. So I will get to experience this beer as it ages. But I think I might have just hit its sweet spot because it is absolutely gorgeous. So cheers for Thirst Class. I'm really, really sorry for your news. And I hope we celebrate you on this show because you were a fantastic brewery. And we've had two fantastic beers on this show. Really, yeah. really good. Every beer that I've had from that brewery has been very good, and and I think I think you're right in saying Mark because I was looking the other day actually. I think their website is still live and they've still got a, quite a lot of their beers on there. So if you want to 
kind of still support them or say like a final goodbye, get onto their website and buy some of their beers. Absolutely. And my uh, Triple Smoke Barley Wine collaboration with Torside was still available on there the last time I looked as well. So absolutely fill your boots. <laughs> Let's get back to these questions then. A few more to do. So I've got, there's, there's three questions here that I think are all kind of asking the same thing. So I'm going to ask one and then I'm going to lump the other two into it because I think I think the fir- answer to the first will be the same answer for the second. So the question from Craft Beer Channel was, if each of you launched a non-beer podcast, what would it be about? We then had a question from Bay Beer Reviews who said, what would your specialist subject or mastermind be? And that might be the same as our non-beer podcast. And then we won- then had one from Austin who said, tell us what you um, what you love about your favourite non-beery hobby and how does it does or doesn't intersect with beer? So I think that's kind of all the same question in terms of if we wasn't doing beer, what is it that we'd be doing? Possibly, but I think your expected answer of me is probably different. So let's go to Rob first. <laughs> because I also think that Steve's expected answer of me is wrong as well. No. Oh, okay. Oh, so, well, uh... Craft Beer Channel did say, because you said, Steve, you would guess ours. And mm. he's, so, what would you guess that our, what would you guess that our uh, podcast would be? So, I went for an, an either or with both of you. So, but for you, Mark, it was Taylor Swift was far too obvious an answer. So I, I dismissed that one straight away and I went for either it would be like this really out there kind of hip hop podcast or it would be something about Huddersfield Town. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, okay. Uh and and with Rob it was uh again I kind of dismissed music straight away because I felt like that mm. was too obvious. And then I went for either Leicester Tigers or something about obscure Australian netball or basketball. To be fair, Steve, you've done a good job there because I think if I was if I if I was going to have a podcast, I'd like to just be called like Rob's Deep Dive or something. Because if I like something, I will I want to find out everything about it. So in the last like. I am obsessed with 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 netball and like the New Zealand Australian League and the Jamaican national team. I love I love women's basketball because the NBA is finished now, so I'm well into the WNBA. But like there's some musical genres and just uh, history, scientific things. I just like to just rant about what I've learned about something for an hour. So yeah, you've you've got close there, really. I just like obscure things, and I like to tell people about them. I'm 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 keen to see if I got close with Marks as well. Uh, well, you did at the end because mine would have always been, um, and bearing in mind there's plenty of Taylor Swift podcasts and they're all just terrible. Um, but I no, I would have done at some point if if you hadn't invited me to be well, actually, I, I possibly wouldn't have done. But somewhere in the back of my mind was always a football and beer based podcast if I'd ever got my act together to actually do it. Um, I think I would have done that crossover post get guests to talk about football experience focused around beer in some way, which would have been, you know, match day routines, what pubs they go to pubs that remind them of 
you know, family members that they might have lost um, away day stories and then something related to my non-league days out that I blog about sometimes as well. Just something along those lines. I think I would have eventually got around to doing a football. Because I, I don't think it, it might exist somewhere, but I don't think a football and beer actual crossover linking the two as an enthusiasm thing actually exists. You think it would by now, but I don't really think that it does. And I would have loved to do that. And probably somebody will do it before me. Um, that's probably better qualified to do it, but I will maybe one day I'll do it. If uh, Steve allows me a day off a week. Um, <laughs> yeah. okay, so what, so what would mine be then? One, one guess each. Oh, uh, I, I think you would wrestling. Have to... Yeah, you'd have to do your wrestling podcast for Matt Chinnery. You yeah, and Matt Chinnery wrestling. Yeah, I think you're probably spot on there. Um, that's that's a podcast that's just screaming to be made. Yeah, so simple. But Matt Chinnery come on my football one, so I'll let him off. Yeah. yeah. He, he, what? He, uh, we we always had that sort of thing um, with, with Martin as well, and I always wanted to do this podcast called Two Halves, where that the first half would be Martin and Matt talking about football, and the second half would be me and Matt talking about wrestling. But you, you're going for a very niche audience there, it, and, and, and there would be beer involved, obviously as well. But it's uh, about as niche as you can get. Yeah, isn't you, it you, <laughs> but you're right though. You've but you've got to hit somewhere in the middle, and that's why I think that's why I've never gone for the football one. It's like it's hitting in the middle because my, my like if my podcast playlist is. 20 podcasts, 18 of them are beer or football, but none of them are crossover one. So I'm like, if there are other people out there who have a similar ratio of podcast listening thing, there's there's a niche market there and it exists, but can you hit it and are enough people interested? I, I don't know. But... Oh, what I think is that Matt Chinnery is just in the middle of the Venn diagram of all of those podcasts. <laughs> it, it's like, he is. Th- there's, yeah. there's been talk of me and Matt collaborating and doing like a, a mixtape or something for, for a long time though. So. Oh yeah, Matt's really into hip-hop as well, which is my mm. music thing. Mm. I'm pretty sure Matt's just into everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty much. I'm, con- I'm convinced <laughs> at this point that he's just saying it and he's actually just like actually into ballet and just really niche things. So. so so in terms of the other two questions there, um specialist subject in mastermind, would it be the same or would it be something different? No, it wouldn't mm. my, mine wouldn't I think mine would be the books of Asterix. Didn't think Ooh. I'd say that, did you? Didn't expect that, no. I'd probably be pretty good at like Adrian Mole books. Wow, yeah. this is going, so going read, real I, niche. Yeah, well, I've like I've, I've read all of those when I was like a kid and teenager, and like there were some questions <laughs> on a on a quiz show about the other day, and I still knew all of the answers. Yeah, and Steve's is the films of Marvel. It, probably, yeah. Yeah, That's I can't. Fine. I can't even deny that. Yeah, and, and 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 the last one, the the, the favorite non beery hobby, and how that intersects with beer. I just love lots of stuff and I like getting really, really into it and then not having anyone to talk to about it. And and uh, my other biggest passion is football and it very much cross-sex with uh, beer, especially in, in my match day and um, things. So 
But then people know that because I do crossover things on my blog, so I don't yeah. need to go into too much depth about that. Yeah. In terms of the crossover, I would say that beer or find a way in, in, into most things that I like doing. I, I can enjoy films and beer, music and beer, wrestling and beer. I can put beer with anything, so it's that, that's the intersect there, yeah. There's two things that are constants, and they are beer and matching. This bloke, Martin, has popped up again with a question. Which beery adventure resulted in the worst ever hangover? And I'd, I'd, I I can guess what you guys are both going to say. So I, th- I think Martin, Martin's being a bit cheeky with this question. Yeah. He knows exactly what the answer is going to be from two of us. Yep. Because I mean, it was I- the same beery adventure. Honestly, coming home from Dublin is actually one of the worst experiences of my life. I mean, it genuinely, I, I, I missed the smoked beer festival the next day because I was it was that bad. I've I've never felt worse than coming home from International Stout Day in Dublin in 2019, ever. But just no. <laughs> I I have there's never been a time in my life where I've never wanted to travel less than on that morning. Um, I th- th- there's always this fear on when, when you're hungover of, of of just being unwell, and if you're on a train, you can normally get to a toilet fairly easy. If you're in a car, you can open the window or you can pull over or whatever. But when you're on a plane, on the window seat, it's a bit more difficult if you you hit a bad spot. And I I got on the plane feeling pretty rough, and I was like, there's only one way to deal with this. And I had the window seat. There's only one way to deal with this. And that was I put my hood up, and I curled into the window, and I just forced myself to sleep. And then I sort of woke up as we landed in Stansted, and I was like, okay, you've made it. You've got through this. But, yeah, that was a pretty horrific hangover on, on that. Was it the Saturday morning that we came home? Was 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 it? Because I think the Friday we were left to our own devices, and that's where it went wrong. Yeah, I think that's correct. And yeah, <laughs> and we went into the Friday already hungover, just topping up. And I remember, like you, you and Martin were already in a pub, and I went for a long walk in a park, trying to sober up, and just arrived and went. That's not worked at all. But <laughs> I've got no excuse to just get on with day two. Day two was just did not go well. Rob, what about yourself? I think for me, it was the um, the Bristol Crimbo crawl. So, so the Sunday morning, like I I'd driven there, and I planned to like get off like fairly early, really. But like I ended up being in Bristol for most of the day, just walking around and just just popping into Greg's every now and then, just to be feel alive again so i could just drive home and then i had to get through the roadworks of the the uh, the bristol ring road and it was just not a very nice day <laughs> but, but the day before was obviously uh interesting so uh pete asks what is your craft beer sin other than those widely accepted ones what is the one macro-owned beer or beer brewed by an out of favor brewery you can't quit or why do you love it so much i mean it's a gray area steve what do you think it it is because pete also added some caveats to this because this this one came to me via dm and i had to go back and forth with him a number of times saying what are you asking here 
and and eventually came back and said, "You can't. We, we can't choose Guinness or Pilsner Urquell or, from Rob's point of view, anything from New Belgium." So mm-hmm. I, I think what he's what he's asking is a beer brewed by a macro brewery that we will always go to if it's there. So I'm I'm going to lead in. I'm going to go very quickly and easily on this one. Neck oil. If if I'm in if if I'm in a bar and it's it's on the bar and there's not much else to choose from, I'm gonna go for neck oil. It's not the beer that it once was. Da, 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 da. That rhetoric is there, but it's still actually quite decent for what it is. Yeah, I kind of thought like the same. I was thinking if, if I'm reading this correctly, does that mean like Task Highway account? Because as much as Cannonball and Rapture absolutely have my heart. If I saw Cask Highwire now, there's absolutely no way that I'm avoiding it. But I don't know if it fell under the same kind of thing that you were saying. Possibly, I will say that, um, not that it's a go-to thing, but I love the new Tetley's bitter that they do on Cask, which is still brewed by Tetley's that's owned by Carlsberg, Marston, whatever. So I suppose that falls under the correct thing. I don't know. In terms of like like the wording is an out of favour brewery that just you just can't quit. I wouldn't say there's one that, that I just can't get like I really love it, but like I'm probably the same as Steve. If neck oil's on, then I'll, I'll have a point of neck oil. But I am intrigued by this uh this Tetley's. Well it's delicious. Tetley's on cask, so give it a go. Well, I reckon the next question kind of leads in leads out of that a little bit. So this is from Peter. Does the owner of a brewery stop you from enjoying their beer? I think uh, if if the owner of the brewery is a uh, uh, proven to be a, a massive scumbag, yeah, yeah, I haven't drunk Brewdog for about four years now, so I, I can't can believe he, I can't I can't believe that he just said the word. Sorry, I can't believe I haven't done the Scottish brewery. brewery for at least four years now. So, well, well, sorry, when I originally read this question, I thought, do they do they mean the ownership of the brewery? In which case, I was going to say, not if you mean like you know, multi million pound conglomerate. I just have what I particularly fancy on the on the day. But again, if we're talking about individual dickheads that I'm aware yeah. of then yes. And I suppose that's kind of like true for other things in in life that we we don't, you know, I know we don't need to go down to that, but that's what I mean. I think I, I read that in kind of like two ways. So if, um, yeah, if, if, we, if he means does the only, does your brewery being owned by big business make a massive, I mean, it does, it does matter to me, mm. but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't stop me buying it there and then if that's what I fancy. If he means the individual person, then yes, it absolutely does stop me buying it. Okay, final question then. Uh, Dutch Beer Explorer, what styles will be even bigger in two years and which ones would have almost disappeared? So let's take the uh, the first one first. What, what are going to be the big styles in two years' time? I still think bitter's on its way up. Best bitter's still on its way up. I genuinely do as well, actually. Yeah. I agree with you a lot there. I know it sounds like I'm joking because I always say that, but I believe it. I, I was going to go for a standard answer of IPA because the answer is always IPA to, to <laughs> these questions. But I, I can I can go with what you're saying there, Rob. I think there's there's a real real resurgence in Best Bitter at the moment. Yeah. So and long that long may that continue. 
I'd be a sensible answer, though. It is, it is true, but it's going to keep getting bigger. Yeah. And which ones do we think would have disappeared? I'm coming straight in here to say cold IPA. That's got about a year left. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, and I don't think it's got a year. Maybe six months. Just to, just to make more of a conversational piece, but the one thing that I've always been intrigued as to whether it's going to go up or down again is smooth flow bitter. Because, Ooh. I mean, I, I don't know, and I genuinely mean this, and I know a lot of people of different... I go to a pub with a lot of people. I go to conservative, labour, liberal dem clubs and stuff around the area, you know, band clubs and stuff as well drinking um that just have like keg beers on and things people who drink guinness lager whatever i don't know anybody left in the world nobody that drinks smooth smooth flow keg bitter i don't know anybody at all i know i know the people that are constantly lager drinkers constantly guinness drinkers constantly cascade cascade drinkers Obviously, I know a lot of craft drinkers and stuff like that. I don't know anyone left that would walk into a pub and just go, Worthington's is my choice. And, Worthington's cream flow. And the, the they're running out. They're running out of... And, and those people do exist. I'm not saying that they don't, but they're really, really on their ass at the minute. And... Either the either the craft beer industry reinvents smooth flow bitter, or that that is going to die because I don't know how that is any longer a viable option. Wasn't there recently an actual like uh, craft brewery that did do that, and then I thought, well, that's just smooth flow bitter, and we don't need that because and and Sebastian Hobday did a nitro bitter. Ah, uh, okay. I'm sure there's someone else that did it as well. Yeah, I think Siren did it as well because I tweeted, I tweeted as a joke after the whole, after after the whole Nitro Stout became a massive thing. I tweeted as a joke, going, "The first brewery that does a Nitro bitter, i.e., a smooth flow bitter, is going to be the biggest craft thing ever." And then loads of breweries stupidly replied, going, "We've already done that," and I was like. Do you not realise the fucking irony in what you're saying? <laughs> anyway, um, so I put that but that again. Siren doing it and Hans Bakkenhobday doing it. Do, that does not equal the fact that in the average on the street beer drinker, that is dying an absolute death. So, I, I yeah, I I think it'll be it won't be, it won't be long before you can't get a bitter of sorts in a pub anymore. Well, I, th I think a big part of that as well is that there has been a resurgence of, of Cascale drinking. So no, I think, yeah. so, sorry, I, I think it, no, it absolutely won't. By mm. the way, that's a really optimistic thinking. And I would love that to happen. I should, I should caveat with, I actually think that pale ales like neck oil have a better chance of taking over because where, where I see it getting taken off is there are, like, say it's a, a five font, there'll be three lagers, a Guinness, and a Strongbow, uh, or slash a cider. And there'll be no no keg bitter left. But I think there's a better chance of a neck oil taking the place there. Yeah. That, um, and I think keg bitter is going to die. I really do. I think it is. So 
Yeah, a very sensible answer there, and I can't disagree with you. And that concludes our questions. Just a heads up for our listeners that obviously normally um, those of you that subscribe to us on Patreon, you'd get a bit of an extended version of the interview. There was no interview this month, so we can't offer you that this month. But what we're going to offer you instead is we're going to put on Patreon uh, the very first Belonging episode that was recorded. And that wasn't Belonging episode number one. Before that episode, there were two rehearsals that the three of us did that we recorded because we wanted to go through the process of recording this show and seeing how it came out. And we've had a listen back and we think actually it's worth releasing, but you can only hear that on Patreon. So if you want to listen to us going through the motions of recording what eventually becomes belonging, and actually when you listen back to it, it's not too far from what we do now. So we were nearly there. It's like um, a pilot we... comedy show, isn't it? It, yeah. it is, yeah. But you can you can listen to that. It's just one pound a month. There's a link in the show notes. Go subscribe and support the podcast. All the money gets reinvested into what we do here. Uh, but also enjoy that very first episode of Belonging that was ever, ever put to the cloud and recorded. It's the end of this Belonging show, my friend. Probably just to say that uh, the three of us are going to Amity Fest, uh, which is uh, a week away from as we recalled. But as you listen to this, we would have already been. So expect us to be talking about that a lot next month, because I know we're all looking forward to being in the same place at the same time. It's the, the first, first time, time, isn't it? Yeah. For the it first is, time. It is, yeah. it is the first yeah. time. And if, if we can be asked and or remember, we might actually record some shit while we're there as well, but who knows? I'm not going to promise you that, so don't expect that. But if we can be bothered to <laughs> do some work rather than just enjoy ourselves in the environment at the time, we, we will try and bring something to you. That brings us to the end of the episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Beer O'Clock Show for all the latest updates on the show and what I'm up to. Mark, where can listeners find you? Please follow me on Twitter at Mark N. Johnson and um, Instagram Mark underscore beer underscore complication. And you can find me at beercomplication.co.uk. And I am just Rob underscore Edwards 90 on, on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and that's that's it. That's it. And remember, you can use the hashtag belonging to check checking fucking show. Jesus Christ. Please do. Oh, see you next month, everybody. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Guys. Cheers. I'm glad you Good. guys remember what I'm up to, but what I'm up to better than <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah, so we'll, we'll tell you what you've done, Rob, if you can just nod and agree. Yeah. I should, I should, you I just should, tell us what it was like. I should, <laughs> I should have done what I normally do and just ask you guys what I've been up to. <laughs> or, or prepared. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did prepare. Yeah. I just either either or, wrong. Rob, whatever, you know. I've <laughs> oh. been checking his phone now. <laughs> He's got back through his diary. Yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, not, just, I'm prepared for the next bit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>